Hello, listeners and companions. It's Dave, the dungeon master and producer of Four Orbs. We have a special episode for you here today. I'm recording this in an Airbnb in Indianapolis on the Saturday night of Gen Con. You see, Deidre, who plays Astra, and myself came up here to meet up with our podcast buddies and meet new people. And on top of that, we're going to go ahead and get Deidre to introduce herself. Deidre, go ahead and tell us who you will be playing in this episode. Hi, I'm Deidre from the Four Orbs podcast. You probably know me. Today, I am playing Barbara the Badger. Thanks, Barbara the Badger, <laughs> for leaving us a Apple podcast review. I am using your name <laughs> because I loved your username. Now, on top of that, we also have two new guests on the podcast. Well, one of them is new. One of them has kind of been in the podcast already, Ooh. but uh, we're going to go ahead and introduce them. Uh, will you guys go ahead and introduce, introduce yourselves and tell us who you will be playing along with what podcast you're a part of? Hey, this is Jeremy with Midnight Kingdoms, the GM in all things Midnight Kingdoms. You can find us over on Twitters, on the Googles, wherever you get your podcasts. And tonight, I will be playing Smarty Skullcruncher. I am the gnomish herald of the storm okay. you won't like me i didn't go into <laughs> all of that it's okay <laughs> and also i forgot that we we're gonna be releasing this on all of our things so <laughs> oh, yeah. i just said As, you know me <laughs> everyone better know four orbs at this point <laughs> travelers you're listening now and you haven't checked out four orbs <laughs> feeling a little bit of shame <laughs> yankee went over we never talked about this. You all know about this, travelers. Go listen. Well, just See? go ahead and go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Ooh. Hi, everyone. If you haven't noticed, I'm Lucas, the DM of the Ballad of the Seven Dice. We're a lovely podcast out there wherever you can gather a podcast from. From the field, from space, everywhere. Who am I playing today? I'm not playing who you think I'm playing. <laughs> no. Today, I'm playing Bernard Busybody. I am a dragonborn paladin. I serve under the Church of the Shining God. And let me tell you, I follow the oath of devotion. Although, some would say I'm a bit evil. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. Hold on, uh, I should add that Barbara is a half-elf rogue because everybody else said Oh, I thought she was a badger. Stuff. No. <laughs> I'm a little No, so I thought you were like literally a badger. No, little... that's, that's my nickname. Okay. My name is Barbara, why, but they call me the badger. Oh, wait, you Hold will up. find out. You'll nope. find out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, like a regular right. like northern badger like honey uh, we're badger. gonna go ahead and get started i'm gonna i'm gonna take control of this one here <laughs> this is the problem having dms on your podcast <laughs> all right so just so you listeners know and you players because i haven't told you yet i am adding a new mechanic to the game today that we learned from one of the panels that we attended at gen con to help ease into the storyline i'm going to allow our players to create plot points anytime through our adventure the way this works is when a player chooses to use their plot point token they will create a narrative plot that was not created by me, the DM. Now, when they do this, however, a consequence will occur, controlled by the player to their right. I'm sure it will get used, so you will see how it happens. So, let's go ahead and get the episode started.
All right, so Barbara, you find yourself walking through the cobblestone streets of Gamore. You just finished eating at your favorite restaurant in town. Deidre, tell us what Barbara's favorite meal is and what that restaurant is called. I forgot you told me to think of this. <laughs> it's called Barnaby Snack Shack. <laughs> Emporium. <laughs> and used goods. Mm. And Bales Bonds. So uh, you got all this. <laughs> We're here to pitch in to help each other. What do badgers like to eat? <laughs> I'd say probably snacks from a snack shack. <laughs> I don't know. So I guess I could Google honey. it for <laughs> Probably root vegetables and smaller animals. It's probably Dipped just in fucking, honey. It's probably just fucking grapes or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> the grapes? Where are they getting grapes from, Dave? They're in North America. <laughs> There's grapes in North America. What? Where? What do badgers um, eat? California, Wisconsin. California's not real. The and diet Wisconsin of the Eurasian things. badger consists oh, yeah, largely of earthworms, oh. insects, grubs, and the eggs and young of ground-nesting birds. Oh, that's <laughs> rude. That's fucking But you gruesome. know what you would find? <laughs> All that at a snack shack. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. I was... Are we going to play yeah. D&D or are we no, just going to fuck around? We're going to fuck around now. I'm, I'm waiting. Let's go. This is kind of like the warm-up build-up. You know, we're, come on. We're getting into our car- our personas, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> this is... You know, we're improving. <laughs> All right. So tell us, Barbara. So uh, Barbara had a, a... Just, you know, like a bed of lettuce with some eggs. Some really fresh eggs on there. Um, from one of her favorite uh, food stands. Egg salad. Egg salad. Yeah, you can say that. Mm. Um, and the eggs, the egg stand, the food stand is, give me a name. Barnaby's. <laughs> Sorry, let me do that a little clean. Barnaby's Snack Shack Emporium and Bail Bombs. <laughs> All right, we're just going to go with that. We're going to move forward. You just got done eating there, and the reason you took the time to do that today is because you're not sure when the next time it is you will have the chance to eat at that restaurant. You see, you're going on a journey, an experimental journey. You head into the Crimson Hold, and your mission today involves going to the Mage's Tower to visit the Archmage Chisholm Rism. As you arrive at this purple tower, the door opens and Chisholm Rism walks out, almost like he knew you were arriving. Ah, well, would you look at you, all ready for a mission and everything. You seem all geared up and ready. Deidre, go ahead and tell us what what Barbara looks like. Look, I made my character she. Wasn't that enough? (laughs) Um, Barbara is, uh, she's a half-elf, so we'll say she's slender and tall. She's got long, jet black hair. She's got leather armor and just has an emblem of the Crimson Command. The Amalgam of the Elements. The Amalgam of the Elements. What kind of weapons are you carrying? Um, I have two daggers, a short bow, and a rapier. All right. You probably have like a backpack filled with some goods, but... We- yeah, explorer pack, and um, say I look pretty roguish. You know, maybe a hood, a cowl. Chismrism then says, Well, um, are you ready? Or do you, we do to do anything else before your, your mission? Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm ready. Did High Captain Gate give you the information? Uh, he gave me as much information as I need um, for a mission with such unknown consequences. Yes, yes. Never know where you'll end up. You head into the tower and see many mages around this large circular room. 
sitting in lounge chairs, enjoying alcoholic beverages and filling the room with tobacco smoke. Chismrism leads you to a small circular platform in the center of the room, and the two of you step on it. He waves his hands and your vision fades to black for about a minute or so, and you feel chilly in this darkness. But your vision fades back to a room filled with all sorts of objects, animals, and training acolytes. Chisholm steps off the platform in the direction behind you and says, All right, the Chaos Portal has been through many tests now, but we are ready for your mission. We are calling this experiment 1267. Human, well, half-human, testing. Okay, I'm ready when you are. You turn to see this archway filled with bright colors. It swirls inward in a furious spiral. This portal stays this way briefly before switching to a new set of colors and patterns. It cycles through many different patterns and shades as you take a minute to stare at it. Do you have any questions, Buss? Um, uh, from what I know, I, I have no idea where I'm going. Is that correct? That That's correct. I mean, we have done enough tests now to where we know that... Objects grouped together within a certain time frame end up in the same place together. But it's a pretty small time frame. But that doesn't really necessarily matter for you because you're one object, if you think about it. Okay. All right, so go ahead and step through whenever you're ready. We'll just be over here. And then they don't pay any attention to you at all. They're just like fiddling with flask and beakers and alchemic chemicals and playing with like beating animals and they don't really seem to even care that you're going through awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh no um i'm just gonna look at the portal and look back at them and just shrug o- okay uh see you on the other side and as you step into the portal you feel pulled and stretched your body tenses and you can feel your muscles tearing Your eyes feel pressure like wearing water goggles in a pool, and the suction is too strong. And you feel this way for several minutes before your body relaxes. Then all of a sudden, you see a lush green grass stretching across your vision before you collide with it. You just fell from about five feet in the air and hit this grassy ground. Ow! I mean, ow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are we doing a character voice now? (laughs) Did you not notice me? I noticed it slightly started to change. I noticed, Dave. Yeah, I I mean, normally I'm this monotone, and now I'm this monotone. There was, there was. That's that's like the best I can do. It was the pitch drop. Come on. Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Lucas. Look, man, I got a lot of things going on in these headphones over here. Dave, you have your voice and Ashton. Or no, wait. No, I have all the movements you've been making and signals you've been making with Jerry. I didn't tell you to make it that sensitive. (laughs) What do you do once you hit the grass? Trying to figure out where I am. All right. So you stand up and kind of dust yourself off. And as you look around and see what, where you are, you see on the horizon, a sky of blue, purple and pink. A strong wind pushes against you constantly. It doesn't even seem to give up at all. Just a constant, probably like 20 to 30 mile per hour wind. And then you turn around and see this large wooden shack labeled Sigil Moons Inn with a small slogan underneath that says, the home you didn't know you needed. Okay, I will walk that way. All right, so as you walk that way, you you see that there is a door and it's kind of broken and leaning on its hinges. And you pull the door open to see a very dusty and broken lobby of an inn. There's tables that are kind of leaning on their side. Some of them are like are missing a leg and like are completely diagonal. But then you look across and you hear, Well, would you look at that? 
two in one day. You look over at the bar and see an old man with half his face covered in metal plating wiping down the bar. Uh, excuse me? Yeah, we just got another one of you. Well, not one of you. Not like a duplicate or anything. Though that's happened before. Somebody just came through here about a couple hours ago. And then he said he had to go release one, whatever that means. And I uh, don't know when he's coming back, but he'll be back soon, I'm sure. He ain't got nowhere else to go. Okay, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but um, where where am I? Oh, you're on the Moon of Sigil. You know... You, Do I know? Are you confused about Moon or, or Sigil? I get different kind of reactions when I tell them that. Okay, can you tell me about this place? I've never heard of it before. Well, which part? The moon or the sigil part? Um, both. Oh, well, a moon is a, is a object that kind of... Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I know what a moon is. Oh, okay. Well, then sigil is a place that's kind of the center of everything. So, like, imagine there are multiple worlds and planes of existence. And then between all of them is sigil. Most people live down uh, on the surface in a big city. And there's some outlying areas, but but this is the moon of Sigil. Do I know that there are other worlds? Um, you probably know and have heard of planes of existence, but probably have never studied it. But that's up to you, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've I've never heard of the moon of Sigil before. I didn't realize there was another world. Um, I'm just on a mission trying to scout some information. Um, do you know how I get back to Asus? Asus. Uh, I don't know what that one is. Uh, I've heard people come in through uh, a place called Earth. Then there was this one that came from... Oh, where was it? Uh, it was a weird man. I'm not really sure what it was. But they immediately just jumped off the side and tried to get down to the city. But see what happens if you try to get down to the city immediately. Uh, you will just fall to your death unless you have some way of saving yourself. What? Yeah. Oh, I mean, if you just go walk to the edge, you'll see. Okay. I mean, we're going to be passing over Sigil, the main city, within about two hours, maybe. Okay. I I love both how... as player and character. Like, uh. Yeah, I'm my, not following. My favorite is either. how Barbara is just okay with all of this. <laughs> I I really enjoy uh, Barbara's stoic, uh, just calm <laughs> demeanor. And Jeremy, what I was trying to say was lead with the pinky when setting a glass down. I learned that from oh. uh, an anime. Oh. Yeah, it actually silences the cup being placed. <laughs> it actually worked? Yes, it's actually quite wonderful. I'm sorry, did he give me any relevant information in that? Uh, I would say the relevant information that you received is that you are on a moon. You haven't really like looked off of it yet, but okay. um, you definitely don't recognize the colors in the sky. It seems that you have, in fact, found yourself in a place that is not known to Asus. Okay. What was his name? You haven't asked. Uh, okay. What was your name? I don't have one. <laughs> his name Dave. is Dave. I, I wrote everything down in my notes as Barkeep. It's, it's Barkeep Dave. I guess we'll go with Barkeep Dave. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm my name's Dave. Barkeep Dave. Okay, Barkeep Dave. Uh thanks for the information. I think I'm gonna go uh wander around and, and scout for myself. Thank you. Oh okay. Well do what you gotta. And as you turn to leave, 
You hear the creak of the door behind you, and you see a small gnome enter the building. Jeremy, go ahead and describe your character for us. He's tall for a gnome. All of three feet, 11 and a half inches, which is a hair shorter than most dwarves. He is wearing nothing but a uh, weathered loincloth of mottled shades of, of green. His skin is very dark tanned, almost burnt in spots, so it seems. You've never seen a gnome so void of fat. He's nothing but bone and rippling muscle. On his back, there's a, there's a large bleach turtle shell. And between his body and that shirt, turtle shell are a multitude of weapons, a war pick, a war hammer, and a battle axe. Not kept in very good condition. They have obviously seen much. We're not sure if it's actually combat. Um, on his hip is a little hand crossbow, and that is all you see. Oh, well, there he is now, the one that said he had to go release something. What's up, Dave? <laughs> oh, hello, Smarpy. I don't know. I mean, you've been gone for a couple hours. I don't know what you had to do. I just dropped the kids off at the pool. Drop the kids off at the pool? Yeah, you know. Had a turtle head popping out. It was scared. I, I don't know what any of that means, but you got somebody else that's joined you today. Hey, I'm Smarpy. Hello, I'm I'm Barbara, but some people call me the Badger. Oh, a Badger, eh? The Badger I've ever seen. I'm going to walk up very pointedly, but kind of loose, not threatening, like holding out my hand, you know, straight-armed the whole way. Okay, I'll, I'll extend my hand and shake. He's going to squeeze pretty hard and very energetically. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to kind of cower back and just because I'm not strong at all. It's okay, Barbara, I don't bite. Um, Unless you want me to. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to kind of bend down and be like, uh, do, do you know where we are? This this barkeep, Dave, wasn't that, that helpful? Yeah, we're on the moon essential. You know, a moon up in the sky. Yeah. It usually goes around. Well, some say around, some say over, some say under. Yeah, but... I don't know. It's in the sky. Uh, how do you How do you get back to... Your world. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I came in through a chaos portal. I don't care how you got here. Let me tell you how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you see, what happened was, I was out in the woods. I was tracking this, this huge wildebeest. You know, these things that are on all fours. Look like a buffalo, but they're really big. They got a big fat ass. Do you, oh. mean, do you mean a bison? <laughs> no. No, bisons are from Love Africa. It. Buffalo are North America. Or something like that. But anyway... That was a, a factoid right there. The definition of factoid for all you people out there, you're probably thinking, ooh, that was a small fact. A factoid is a false statement. Ignore Lucas. I don't think it means what he think it means. Anyway, I was tracking this wood beast. I need some food. I was quite hungry. So it laid a big turd. I'm like, you know what? There's got to be something good inside there. So, crawled inside. Before I know it, when I found what I needed, I stood up. Poof, here it was, right outside this bar. I had to go wipe myself off. I'm, I'm going to, like, lick, you know, the inside of my arm. Yeah, I think I think that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I just furrow my brows. Um, that's an interesting story. Maybe we came through the same portal or something. You went through a big pot of poop, too? No. So you look awfully clean for just coming out of a big pot of poop. 
Yeah, no, that, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, that didn't happen to me. Oh, I see my mind. I do care. How'd you get here? Um, I, I work for uh, the Crimson Command. Okay, no, man, I don't care. Okay. Dave, I need more. And then all of a sudden, you hear the loud clutter and clank outside. The barkeep says, Well, golly, I guess there's another one here today. God damn it, son of a bitch. You hear just after that a scream. And then the door opens, <laughs> brushing himself off. You see a six foot three red dragonborn wearing glistening red armor with a beautiful red cape. He has this sickly yellow starburst on his chest with a set of smiling crooked teeth. And he has blue dreadlocks, golden eyes, and blue tinted nails. And he walks in. Oh, sorry, I was just getting rid of a bit of the trash. Anyways, my name's Bernard Busybody. What world are we in today? I assume it's not Kryn or Faerun. Ooh, you're a smelly one. I'll have what he's having. I've never seen a dragonborn before, right? You have never seen anything scaly like this before. Yeah, I have no idea what you he is. You look like you've seen either... A ghost or an alip? Let's guess. I'm gonna go with alip. The wisdom looks low. Just like a true dragonborn. I'm just joking. I'm having a laugh. My name's Bernard <laughs> Busybody. <laughs> Let's shake hands like gentlefolk. I'm a paladin after all. I will strut, uh, strut right up there. I got this massive great axe on my back. I look like I'm ready for war, and I just extend my hand, and then I awkwardly cross my arms and extend my hand to the gnome. <laughs> I'm going to uh, reach both hands out and just shake his hand very, very aggressively and excitedly. Ooh, I like that. Strong grip. Nice. Ooh, you smell, though. I am going to wash my hand. Can you wash me while you're at it? I can only get so many spots. I don't mind helping out a fellow common folk. Well, well, thank you. God, you're such a typical dragonborn. Ooh, that was, I felt like that was a little, a little bit pointed towards a racial tendency, but I let it slide because I'm Bernard Busybody. Pound in the Church of the Shining God. Dragonborn are really smart. Ooh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I do study. You still haven't shaken my hand. I'm feeling really awkward here. Um, I'm so sorry. I, I, I reach out and shake his hand. Yeah, I give, an, I, I give the, the firm grip, but not too hard. I'm not a jerk. You know, shake the hand. I was hoping you didn't get the wet, the wet noodle. Um, I'm sorry. I've, I've just, I've never seen a, what, what is it? Drag, dragonborn? Dragonborn. Yeah, I'm a dragonborn. Half dragon, half man. That armor looks interesting. Are you a part of a, a military group? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, the Crimson Command. Crimson Command. Yes. Ooh, well, tell me more. Um... Our uh, our hold is in Gamor and mm-hmm. Asus, assuming you're not Asus. from Asus. That's your world? That is my world. Interesting. That's good to know. Yes, I'm here on a scouting mission. I'm you're creepy. To... I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I just love learning new things. For instance, that bar keeps half of his face. It frightens me. Oh, I'm sorry. What's your name? Oh, what do you mean it frightens you? Like, I feel a little... Uh, I have a clenched tummy. Look, I, I've been through some, some combat. I had to get some things replaced here and there, and maybe 
held in place. Can I can I help you? I can heal a bit. I mean, it's healed. I don't feel any pain. It's just it's just missing. Okay. Like if my that... foot. My foot's also missing. Can I see? I would say I'm gonna like run over to the bar and like jump up on the stool and like lean like over as far as I can. Yeah, you look over and you see his right foot is like at the ankle missing, and he's oh. just got like a little peg. Holy shit! Look at that! It's a fucking peg. Barbara, come look at this. It's crazy. You look at this. Barbara, uh, come on. This is nuts. Oh, okay. Oh man, what was that? What did that? Wasn't an alligator? Uh, no, it was like an invisible something. Like a, I, like a manifest? See, I, I heard it about... an alligator ghost? I heard that there was like a portal on the other side of this moon, so I went to search for it, and in my journey, I lost my foot. Does it go to Asus? I, I don't know where it goes. I, just, I think it just mm. leaves this place. Huh, this this could be helpful. I'll pull out a notebook and start taking notes. Hey, let's try to go to Asus. I, I think we should. You said you're smart. I'm very smart. Do you know Do you know how to get back to Asus? <laughs> Is that uh, Arcana? A portal to Asus? Yeah, I don't feel I like... Go, I would go with Arcana, yeah. Okay. Probably Arcana or History. It's the same for both. Okay, so yeah. 17. Um, You've never heard of Asus, so you don't know of a portal that could go to Asus. Where did you say we were, Barbara? Um, the, this is... You're on the moon of Sigil. Yeah. The moon what, of what Sigil. Said, I start writing that down because I already forgot. Oh, well. Oh, I've been here before. Oh, no, well, not the moon, the city, but let me tell you, I've, I've been around. I've been to a few places. Oh, you've been to the city of Sigil? Oh, it's, it's dastardly. There's so much crime. But I, I am actually from the world of Kryn. And then I went to the Forgotten Realms, the, the Faerun, and it was a it was a lovely time there. But the, the, we were facing against a a violent uprising from these chosen, and uh, unfortunately, I I, uh, I was in the middle of a ritual to become very powerful, to become a monster, to become this this great creature of my god, to destroy these evildoers, you know, really bring justice and light to the, the poor people who were being oppressed by the chosen, and and unfortunately, the moment the ritual finished, me and, uh, I, I believe his name was Frank, uh, we appeared here, and, uh, well, I'd, Frank was, I sent the slightest bit insane, so I'd, I'd, I sent Frank to Sigil. I sent Frank to the city. Ahead of us. And? Where, where's Frank now? I believe he's in Sigil. <laughs> where are we supposed to meet him and when? Or you? I just assumed we, guys. I assume we'll see him around. Well, I mean, unless you can fly for hours, you aren't getting down from the city from here. Oh, Frank is full of mysteries. I'm sure he'll pull something out of that hat of his. Speaking of which, if anyone wants a hat, there's one outside. Is that a fancy hat? Oh, it's a, just a straw hat. It's fine, though. I think it'll, it'll look sporting on you. Why is there a straw hat outside? Oh, you know how things get. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk out and go get the straw hat. Okay, so you walk outside to, uh, I guess, see a straw hat on the ground. Is what is this? What else? does this area look like? Like, how does the outside of this place look? And what am I looking at? Like, so as you uh, walk outside and kind of get a, a deeper look at the area, you you see you're kind of in like this grove, this large grove with a forest line all around, but not completely all around, more like a semicircle, and about. A uh, football field's length away, there is an edge 
like it's a flat surface, uh, like a flat Earth, I guess you could think. Hardy <gasps> hmm, was right all along. Uh, Is there he, anything else I need to know about the straw hat? <laughs> I no, no, I'm just grabbing the straw uh, hat. Personally, I know that was Frank's hat before <laughs> Frank went to Sigil. <laughs> okay, there's like uh, a little, he like, went ahead of us though. There's like a little like piece of straw, like but like you know like a little piece of straw like hanging out my mouth. Toss on the hat, put a piece of straw in my mouth. You look charming. Thanks. So this portal on the other side of the moon, Dave. Tell me, what troubles did you have to overcome to get to this portal? Because you've seen a, a scrap or two. Man, you're intense. Ooh, I'm I'm just really into the story. Obviously. Oh yeah, a couple of years ago, I uh, I ended up here. Uh, not a couple of years, more like probably ten years. But about a year or two ago, the barkeep that was here before me died of old age. He didn't have a way to escape, so he was just living here. And so I took over his duties. But no one's been here for a couple of months now. Every time somebody shows up, though, they always try to jump right off the side and hope to land in water or something to to break their fall. But they usually just die. Um, yeah, that checks out. But I, I went to go search on search for the portal on the other side because, you know, you kind of go insane being here for so long. Because um, once you pass over the city, you don't have another chance to see the city from above again for another 20 years, I think they say. Oh, that. My people don't live that long. So, um, so yeah, we. Uh, I went to go find the portal, and first time I set foot in the forest, something attacked me and bit my foot off. Couldn't see it. So I uh, crawled my way back here and found my way as a barkeep. Hmm. 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 Okay, well. I just assume I'm going to die here. There, so there's an invisible alligator out there. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Ooh, yeah, well, ooh, mm. Barbara, I will dedicate my life to getting you back to Asus. Don't you worry. Wow. And Smarpy, okay. I don't know where you came from, but we're, we're honestly just going to send you to Asus. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I, I can't do two worlds. <laughs> okay, it's fine. I don't live that long. I don't worry when I go back. It's kind of depressing, so... Oh, perfect. Is Aces nice? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think it's pretty nice. Is there a lot of gods in Aces? Oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. We we have ten gods. Oh, just ten? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It were, uh, the last place I was at, they had a few hundred, and <laughs> what a pickle. Jesus. Yeah, tell me we about it. We have a lot, man. We do you haven't even talked to ours. Some say they're not even around, but whatever. Oh, where are you from? I don't know. It doesn't have a name. Well, that makes that a little tricky. Oh, that's all right. We're going to go to Aces. Most people just call it the Moonlight Kingdom because it's, you know, midnight, dark. I would tell End you about... the day. Well, the gods, you know. Depressing. Oh. Fog. Ooh. You know. I mean, a little bit of fog, stuff. though. It's, a, it's nice and moist. It's good for the scales. But I want to go to this portal on the other side of the moon, and I think you two are up to snuff to help us get there. And by Jones, I believe it's going to get us to Aces because I'm a man of positivity. You're intense. I'm sorry. Am I making you feel uncomfortable? Oh, I like it. Good. Are you okay, Barbara? Um, yeah. I mean, I think you have more information than, uh, and I'm just going to, like, nod my head towards Dave. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't seem to know a lot. Who's cleaning oh, the glass Dave. that uh, Smarpy had completely made dirty with just his filthy hands and mouth. 
Dave, I'm still waiting for my ale. Oh, yeah. Uh, here, it's it's on the house because we don't have currency here. Wait, Dave, what? how do you have... How do you have food and drink? Did someone deliver it to you? Uh, no. I mean, we got a small farm in the back, and we brew our own beer from some wheat in the field. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work. It is. I'm, do you want to come with us? I'm here by myself. Um, give me a persuasion check. <laughs> That's the skill I actually have. <laughs> 13. Um, he almost seems like he wants to, and then like he steps forward and realizes he has a peg foot. Uh, he's like, oh, no, I couldn't do it. Smarpy could carry you if he had to. Look at him. He's a man of strength. I, I'm going to stand I up could. like, you know, up to like four feet tall. Look at Barbara. A little bit. Barbara's got some strength. No, I, I, no. I, but, oh, what happened, Barbara? I, I just don't, I don't keep up with my physical abilities that much. Are you, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Pressure you into lifting Dave. I'll lift Dave. Okay. Dave, come here. I mean, if, if you think you can carry me, <laughs> Dave, I can the moon, Dave, I, I will carry you. I will bring you to Aces. Come here, Dave. Because, like, if you get me stuck out there, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to get back. Dave, you're never going to get back sitting in this bar. Get, I mean, I'd rather be here than out there with something to ease my ankles. But, Dave, there are three powerful warriors, and I am a chosen of the shining god. I will help you. Let me carry you, Dave. Get on my back. My broad back. Do it. Do it. Do oh, all right. All right. I'll, I'll come. I mean, I can walk for a little bit, but once it gets swampy, you're going to need to You're gonna need to carry me. Of course. Anything for a fellow common folk. Greetings there, travelers. You're probably thinking, oh, this has been fun. What's this? This is such a different kind of episode. Well, uh, I'm doing a mid-roll for the first time. And, uh, yeah, me wing over famous known bad. You probably recognize my bardic voice playing Bernard Busybody, the dragonborn cultist of the Church of the Shining God. He, uh, he was a fun character to play, I have to say. But uh, I'll let uh, Lucas explain this stuff here. Thanks, Wingover. Yeah, so we got to have a lovely surprise recording at Gen Con. And by surprise, I mean we planned it and we talked about it. We figured out the day and then we recorded, which was a lovely surprise because it worked. Uh, yeah, so we recorded with Jeremy, as you heard from Midnight Kingdoms, and Dave and D of Four Orbs, and it was an absolute blast. You got to hear my terrible amount of crosstalk, as well as Jeremy's, and Dave did such an amazing job editing this and making us all sound real good, so thank you so much, Dave, for that one right there. Uh, this episode actually helps tie in each of our worlds into this Moon of Sigil. You see, Shmarpy, he is from the Midnight Kingdom's world that is being oppressed by the gloom. And he ended up there through some unsanitary ways, but it, it worked out well. And we all heard Dee's character, um, Barbara the Badger, she ended up there from Asis, which is the world in the Four Orbs, which is another thing you should all check out. Be sure to check out Midnight Kingdoms in the Four Orbs. And uh, through the Crimson Command, 
of course, came to Sigil. And we got Bernard Busybody, who was a fair-ranking paladin in the Cult of the Shining God, or the Church, as they say. And through that uh, lovely ordeal, now all our worlds are actually connected through Sigil. So, da-da-da-da, ultimate crossover. But yeah, uh, this was amazing, and I had so much fun, and I'm just so glad we got to share it with you all. And we had so much fun. To all the people that we met out there at Gen Con, you're amazing, fantastic, we love you. And thanks for coming up and saying hi. To all you people we haven't met yet, you're also amazing, you're fantastic, and we love you. And I can't wait for the day that we do get to say hi. Um, well, I think that's about it. So make sure you subscribe, listen, and rate Midnight Kingdoms and Four Orbs. Smash that like and subscribe button. And also, you know, like and subscribe us too. And give us a review, you know, stuff's good, stuff's good. But let's get back to the show. Goodbye, everyone. Toodaloo. Hey, listeners. My name is Dave Cole, and I'm the dungeon master and host of a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called... Ah, wait, Dave. Say no more. They'll be enchanted by one of my songs, and then they'll be hooked. No, they want to hear about how we slay great beasts. No, they want to hear about magic and sorcery and spellcasting. They will listen for the story, the rich history, the lore, or we can just roll the dice and let fate decide. You're right. If you haven't listened to The Four Orbs yet, find us at www.fourorbs.org or whatever podcast app you use. So you travel for a couple hours, and at some point, Dave does say, All right, uh, yeah, you're going to have to carry me at this point. Let's get a little moist below my peg. Hop on this back, Dave. <laughs> get on here. I can't when it happens. Oh, it's the worst. I need today. Uh, can, you, can you squat for me a little bit so I can climb up? I'm going hey, no, hey, to like get on. I'm going to get down on the ground. I can't with me. Is I oh I do squats all day. Come on, Dave, let's go. He climbs up and like puts his arms around your neck and oh, holds tight. And then you feel his legs kind of wrap around your abdomen, and then the peg just kind of hits the hill of his other foot. I grab onto his thighs, <laughs> and I I start us on this adventure, <laughs> and I say this, Dave, and I pull out my instrument of my people. A Kleenex box with an elastic band. That's right, not an, a rubber band, an elastic band from Canada. <laughs> Dave, I'm taking you on an adventure through the swamp. We'll see the dangers that tried to eat you. But do not worry, our holy eyes can see invisible things. Oh, Dave, do not fear. For the dragon bone is here, Dave. That's what I say. Thank you, thank you, Smarpy. Barbara um, takes this this lovely interlude <laughs> to um, walk to the front of the group and start scouting ahead. All right. So uh, thank what you, we're Barbara. Gonna, what we're going to do at this point is you're entering a heavy bog, and it's actually got some like deep water every once in a while so we're gonna do a simple skill challenge here and what that means is that you're gonna need three successes before you receive one failure that's right 
one failure. Oh, one failure happens in the very first round. You fail the skill challenge an and something negative happens. I'm going to use this new dice that I've never used before, so I don't know the outcome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But, however, though you can't have one failure, you do have a very low DC. I need you to beat a DC of 10. Hmm. That's it. Just a DC of 10. So any skill that you are proficient in, you can use. You can also use attacks if needed, but I don't know what you would attack as you don't know any enemies in the area. You can also use items for instant successes if you have anything in your equipment. And that's about it. So um, we're going to roll initiative at this point to see who goes first in trying to help the group get across this heavy bog. Um, that is a um, eight. Ooh, that's a high initiative bonus. Nice. I got a 15. 14. All right. So we're going to go to you first, Lucas. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. What was your character's name again? Busy, busy. Barnaby Busybody. No, I'm sorry. Bernard Busybody. Bernard. All right. Bernard. All right. Bernard, you're going to go first. Well, seeing as I, we start trekking and we come apart uh, a rather deep part of the bog. It gets quite like almost up to our hips. So uh, seeing this, I'm like, ooh, no siree, Bob. I'm going to use my great axe and chop down a tree to help us cross this deep part of the bog. All right. Uh, give me a attack with the great axe. Nine. Is it really? I got a nine. He said All the DC right. was five, right? I uh, know it's ten. Oh, it's ten. Five days. So yeah, uh, we're gonna go ahead and have that instant failure. <laughs> Do I have advantage? This was the shortest skill challenge that I think I'll ever have. Me. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna implement my plot point at this okay, moment. Okay. Okay. Plot point. Uh, so uh, as as Bernard successfully fells this tree <laughs> and it falls down. Uh, you hear the footsteps of uh, a very, what's it like, angry footsteps. Boom, boom, boom. And you wonder to yourself, who, who could this figure be? Looking back, we see a large ogre. Uh, you see Frank. <laughs> 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 He's quite mad. <laughs> I did say he was mad. I, uh, I may have confused it with insane. <laughs> no, he was actually just really irritated with the fact that when we first appeared in this land, Frank was on the very edge of the moon, and I shoved him. <laughs> and uh, his hat flew off his head, landing, and that is what actually Smarpy is wearing. His hat. <laughs> uh, so you can choose... <laughs> yeah, so uh, you're to the right of Lucas, Jeremy. So that means you get to choose the consequence of um, Lucas entering this plot point into our story. Like, hey, do me a favor. Get across this bog and have your stupid hat back. The consequence? Oh, that Frank is helpful and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So what's the consequence? I'm sorry. The consequence is, I was trying to role play it, is that... Um, Frank shows up and is actually helpful. And I, Bernard, hate it so much. I hate <laughs> Frank with the, every fiber of my being. He's such an unsanitary, <laughs> just, just out the worst, 
crude man, and I, I hate him. But in actuality, he's a really nice guy, and he's very helpful. And he's, okay. And a lot of people like him. Well, and I, I think, hate him because a lot of people like him, and they don't like me. <laughs> well, and from, uh, you know, uh, Smarpy's kind of viewpoint is, dude, an ogre wearing a straw hat, he's really got to love this straw hat. All right, I got you, I got you. I, go, I know we're going with this now. All right. So <laughs> as you chop this axe, or you use your axe to chop this tree down, and as soon as the tree hits, you hear a... <laughs> and Bernard, you recognize this growl, and you see shit, Frank barreling through small tree after small tree and appear between some, some bushes. Oh, boy. And then he goes... <laughs> Hey, Frank. Holy shit, that's Frank? That's Frank. I smell a baby ogre. And he looks directly at <laughs> you, Smarby. Oh, yes, baby ogre stink. Come here. And he barrels towards you, Smarby, and just kind of goes to grapple you. You don't feel threatened, weirdly. Do you try and let him? Yeah, actually, I'm going to open up my arms way up. Come here, big guy. Give me a hug. <laughs> and he takes you by the abdomen with one hand and lifts you Wait, up. Shit, careful, careful. And he doesn't squeeze, though. He just kind of brings you up to his nose and goes, Oh, nothing like the smell of a fresh baby ogre. Barbara, this shit, guy's man. the worst. He's just the worst. Don't even trust uh, He's him. very complimentary. <laughs> he knows the good thing when he... Smells it. He says that now, but oh, just wait till you just appear and he tries to shove you. I'm gonna whisper to Frank. I'm like, he's just jealous. Hey, I, I mean, you're wearing my straw hat. Just oh, so you know. oh, it doesn't quite fit your head. I didn't know you were coming back so quick. So, oh. can you do us a favor? If you can get this across this bog, I will gladly give it over without some argument. Okay, but, yeah. But can I'll... I keep this piece of straw that I've been tooling on for like the last few hours? Because it's, it's quite tasty. Yeah, I'll I'll let you keep it. Yeah, I sure. Uh, but uh, you know, what? in good faith, I'm gonna I'll give you the hat back right now. Okay. And he takes the hat off your head and puts it on his. Oh, he looks the worst. And oh. then he looks over to you, Barbara, and uh, he says, "Would you also like a ride across the bog?" Before I answer that question, did Lucas fall? Did Bernard no, fall? Lucas didn't fall. He, I'm assuming he used his plot point, which created a success. Yeah. I, I, okay. <laughs> I made myself successful <laughs> through my plot point, but I made Frank appear, and I hate him so much. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just making sure Dave's not, like, drowning right now. <laughs> I have Dave on my back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I... I Guess uh, sure. He just Ugh. swipes with his off head and like uh, picks you up uh. and holds, like brings you up to his like, sh- like holding you kind of like a, a barrel. If he if a barrel would fit in his arm, oh the worst. Where am I? In, like your relation? He's got you in his main right hand, just like, in your. Are my grapple. hands free? Yeah, they're like yeah. above the hand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna look at Barbara, like just like wave at her, like just excitedly with like this huge grin. It Does, doesn't even have a trolley to pull. This is oh, classic Frank. You, you may be smart, but you're a big party pooper. Well, listen, at least I have style. Oh, she's got stuff all over me. <laughs> now. And then Frank looks at you, Bernard, and says, Well, I ain't carrying you either. So, uh, you, I don't, I'm mad at you. And he just starts, like, walking. Frank, I didn't. Yeah, Frank. Frank, I didn't shove you. You fell, you oaf. I'm going to do a deception. <laughs> <laughs> 16. What's that against? Insight, usually? Yeah. I rolled a 16. 
Uh, open it up. Insight. I wonder what an ogre. ogre has for wisdom. Uh, wisdom's <laughs> negative two, so 14. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and you rolled a what now? I rolled a 16. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you uh, deceive him. He goes, oh, I guess I am usually kind of clumsy. Well, it's not your fault, Frank. Let's get moving. Yeah, let's just let's get all four of you on me. And he, like, kind of goes and, like, hugs you with... I ha- I'm like just like limp, dead weight. Like, <laughs> like, I'm difficult. I'm like, oh. He hugs you and Dave in one swoop with his right arm, which has got uh, Smarby in his right fist. Thank please, you, please tell me though that he's like in like the armpit yeah. when you try to like hold something like between your, you know. Yeah, so we got Barbara in the left armpit barrel hug, and then we got. Bernard and Dave in the right armpit barrel hug, and then and I'm like in the hand, <laughs> flapping my arm, like me. This is fine. How are you doing, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. It's just kind of stinky over here. It was Frank for you. Thank you, Frank, for assisting us. Hey, hey, Frank. What what what's your family name? I I, I don't have one. Barbara, that's rude. Don't uh, ask ogres that oh, question. I'm that's sorry. So I'm just, I'm just making notes to report back to the Crimson Command. I, I thank you for your service for helping us across this Frank, bog. Do you like the woods? Oh yeah, I love the woods. And the bog. Do you like playing in the mud? Um, yeah, but I, I, I got, I got a mission right now. Right, I gotta get you. Hold on, the bog. hold on. Do you like chewing on bones? Uh, yeah, 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 I like bones. You know what? I'm going to give you a last name. You're now a skull cruncher. Skull cruncher. A small I, tear goes down my face. That was a beautiful moment. I, Frank, the, <laughs> Frank, Frank skull crusher. I immediately write this down. You, my know what, Frank? <laughs> you know what, Frank? You and I, we're brothers now. Skull brothers. Brothers. Baby brother. I'm going to like put my hand like on his cheek and be like, Baby brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know which one's older, honestly. I'm a little oh, probably the gnome. Thank um, you for documenting this, Barbara. This is a beautiful moment. Of course. So uh Frank carries all four of you across the bog with ease, and you successfully succeed the skill challenge. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> this was the fact that Dave gave me a plot point, and this is what happens when you give me things. Um, and so once you get across the depth and the the ick and the gross of the bog and back to like a, a kind of solid grassy land, Frank puts all four of you down and says, It was nice meeting you three, but Bernard, I'm still kind of mad at you, but you did help me find a new place to live. Yes, there's, there's a beer... Back at the inn there. Uh, what was it called again? What, Dave, what was the inn? Oh, yeah. The inn is uh the the Sigil's Moon. Oh, it's the Sigil's Moon. Oh, by the way, Frank, we're on a moon. Um, Sigil's down below. It'll come back in 20 years. I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, we're just going to go look for a portal to Asus. That's where uh, Barbara is from. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go back into the park here. I, I like it in here. It's kind of peaceful. Lots of wind. There's an invisible ghost alligator in there. Be careful. I'll stomp it. God, I hope so. You'll crunch its skull. Yeah, skull cruncher. (laughs) And then Frank stomps himself back into this bog, and you hear the water kind of splashing from his large body. I'm going to, like, be at the edge and just, like, wave. 
<laughs> Bye, Frank. I'm brushing myself off. I can't believe I let Frank touch me. You were such a prude. Listen, you don't know Frank like I know Frank, right? The things that were I think those, I know Frank better than you do now. If you saw the things Frank that went under that Frank is now a cruncher, okay? That was a I don't want to hear about it. That was a beautiful moment. I'm trying to... And then Dave speaks up and says, <laughs> Well, this is about as far as I got. Uh, this is where I got attacked. So I guess be on the lookout for in invisibility. Yeah, it'll, it'll, um, it'll probably look like a probably like a shimmer look for a shimmer um i'll i can scout ahead for us barbara i'm worried about you i'm fine um I, this is what i do for a living and oh I'll... if you feel trained then i i have full belief in you we will get you to aces but if you're in any kind of danger me and dave will rush to your aid okay <laughs> <laughs> so um you start scouting ahead uh barbara and you're not really sensing anything or see anything the area you're in is uh, kind of a light wood um it's, it's a pretty thin forest but there is a lot of shrubbery along the ground sorry shrubbery makes me think of monty python yeah <laughs> we could probably settle this to some people traveling nights and such a brush um, and so let's go ahead and give me a investigation check or, you know, let's make it a perception check, Barbara. Whatever. I'm good at all of those things. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proficient in numerous skills. That is a 16. 16. Okay. So Bernard told you to look for a shimmer. So you, in your head, you were thinking like uh, a glint from the sun or something like that. But then you do see kind of a, an abnormal movement, a little bit of brush moves. And in your head, scouting on Asus, you think, oh, well, that's probably like a deer or a squirrel or a rabbit, any kind of small creature. But then you realize, wait, you haven't seen any creatures on this moon since you arrived. You've been walking for hours. And then the bush kind of abruptly, violently opens up. But nothing's there. G guys? Give me initiatives. Ah, shit. All right, so to set the scene for you, Smarpy, you are up first. You are about 30 feet behind Barbara, and she turns and looks at you and says, Guys? And that's when we started initiative. Uh-oh. Now, is your turn giving you the start of initiative instead of a surprise attack for the enemy? Because I don't know what you can do as a character. And I'm giving you the opportunity to maybe make something happen. Uh, yeah, because I really don't know. I mean, you can delay. You haven't even described a character yet, right? No. I mean, he can't see it. I yeah, can, exactly. Well, again, I probably would just like, what the fuck is she talking about? I'm a roll for seven. Okay, give me a perception check. Uh, that is a seven. You still do not see anything, but that doesn't necessarily mean it takes up your turn. I'm going to turn that into a delay, and we're going to move on to Barbara. It is your turn. Plot point. Okay. We, we're on a bog, right? You're out of the bog, the bog in the grass now, in a light forest that has some small brush throughout the area. But we are just outside of the bog, right? I'll give that to you, sure. Okay. Steam starts rising from this bog 
where this creature is coming from, and we see this form. Okay. Of... Okay. Okay. Who do you? okay. Okay. I see. So you see this form of a cat-like creature with tentacles reaching out from oh, its back. Oh, fuck me. Now, what is the consequence of this, Lucas? The consequence is normally this cat-like creature, otherwise known as a displacer beast, is a, a cat-like creature with tentacles coming off its back, lashing about freely. But the creature we see before us has not one head but two. Has not one one head but two. Oh. <laughs> and not two tentacles. No, we're not going that far. No, he has two heads. All right, so that would be your turn, Barbara, to use the plot point. Oh, that's my turn? And, unless we think it shouldn't be, because this is the first you know, time I, that okay, we've done plot I am plot a points. rogue. Do I, I have a bonus action? Uh, no, I think the plot point... <laughs> I think the plot point is uh, like outside of our turn because like if you agree. think about it like I did like I chopped down a tree and then I used the plot point. Like I think the plot point is a little like it's outside like cuz it's not exactly the player's action, right? It's like or the character's action, it's the world's action. You the player yeah. manipulating the world. So I okay. think uh, I think it's still... allowing that character to take an action. I, I, I think, think they, it, I think they I think still it allows the player like... to take an action. Yeah. But not the character themselves. So the character right. still has their thing of whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they can do they like can do full action before they used it. Or... Yeah. I'll go with that. So yeah, you have your full action at this point, Barbara, and it is your turn. And you know where the Displacer Beast is, which is 30 feet away from you. Do I know anything about Displacer Beasts? Uh, give me a nature check. That is a 15 plus 7. Uh, so 22. Uh, yes, you know that a displacer beast, it has a displacement effect where it can can make it project to be in one spot when it's really not there. In this case, though, it having two heads, not normal. You don't know of any resistances, immunities, or vulnerabilities. It seems to uh, just take the damage as needed. Barbara, be careful. That thing is dangerous. It's no petting critter. Okay, so basically this... The invisibility aspect isn't. I it can take damage. Yes, it can take damage. Okay. Where it where but you whatever. see it because of the steam, it's actually there, but it's projecting itself from its previous location. In my head, how I think about it is, every thirty feet that it moves, it leaves an image where it was. So like low key, it, it's yeah. like constant after images. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Like gotcha. Gotcha. I will focus all of my energy on this on seeing this what's it called displacer beast this displacer beast and i will grab my two daggers and throw them throw them okay nice uh give me an attack with the daggers twice and i'm actually going to give you advantage because he doesn't know that you know he's there ooh cool 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 all right that is 16 that is also 16. <laughs> okay, so the first one hits. Okay, 18 plus 6. So 20. You want to go for the critical? Yeah, you sure again, just in case you get a critical. Oh, do I get two advantages? Yeah, because it's oh. in your turn. Okay, that's 11. Okay. So, no. so, yeah, both daggers hit. Let's give me the damage. Uh, don't forget your sneak attack on the damage because you Ooh. are getting advantage. That means uh, with, as a rogue, you do the 2d6 per dagger? Per attack, yeah. Right, that is plus seven, so plus another seven. <laughs> okay, so seven, seven, and eight. That's going to bring you up to 22 damage. Jesus. Mm, 
Describe your dagger attacks for me. Okay, so I reach into my rogue cape, which has my two daggers very, very thoughtfully placed under on the side of my ribs. And I will throw the first one with my right hand, aiming straight at one head. And then my left hand going straight for the left one's neck. Okay. Uh, so the daggers fly true and, uh, and pierce the displacer beast in your targeted area. And it wells and screams in a cat-like screech and then launches forward for you. Did you want to do any movement during your turn? I will use cutting action to dash out of the way. Okay. Where are you running to? Away from it? Back to your friends or? Um, back to my friends. So the displacer beast runs towards all three of you, and Dave is uh, now seeing this displacer beast as it comes to its actual form since it's no long since it's been attacked. Um, Dave is screaming and wailing and trying to get off of your back to push Dave, you towards- I, I don't mean to be rude, but if you continue this bit of a tantrum, I will throw you to both heads. He uh, does squirm off of your back and like land on his back and he starts to crawl away. Um, so he's like 10 feet on his belly behind you. The displacer beast charges across the field towards all three of you and is in melee range. He used his dash action though to get there. So Ooh. he does not get to take a melee attack this turn. So I didn't take an action. I really didn't hold or whatever. I think we, we said, yeah, I... Treated you as an auto delay, so you can take your turn okay. whenever you're ready. I'm gonna rage. So as soon as he enters within like melee range, put my hands out in like a claw position. I kind of turn him upside down. I'm just like staring at him, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And from the sky, just a large lightning bolt just crashes. Okay. Does right he get any kind of save or anything? He does. He actually, in fact, gets a um, deck save. Deck, a thirteen. Dex save. If he saves it, he gets half damage. Okay. Otherwise, he takes full. So, uh, yeah, he misses. So, give me the full damage. He gets five. Five lightning damage. And this is activating rage with your bonus action, right? Yep. So, then you get a full action with your turn still. And then with that, once that unleashes, just and grab almost like a quick release on my uh, turtle shield and just bring it back in front. I pretty much grab by my war pick. It slaps on. I just swing out. All right. Uh, give me the attack. Oh, Natural 20. Natural 20. All right. Nice. What is, what is it with barbarians, rage, and advantage always getting fucking nat 20s? Captain calling out to you right now. Um, give me a d20 roll, Jeremy, for the critical chart. That was half a nat 20. Uh, 10 is going to be an extra die to your critical. So on top of the extra die you already have, you're going to do another extra die. So 3d6 plus your damage modifier. 10. All right. So 10 damage. Reach behind me, grab my turtle shell. With the turtle shell, I'm using my war pick to bring it across. And just with the backhand, just try to smash whatever's coming at me. I'm just screaming like, yeah! All right. Smash. In the face. <laughs> the displacer beast gets hit by the war pick and just kind of falls to the side and then brings himself forward and gets ready to attack. But first, we have to go to you, Bernard. 
So Bernard sees this creature and he is annoyed at Dave. <laughs> but he's going to let it slide because there's a few pressing issues at hand. So he is going to... Uh, am I in the creature's threatened range? You are. Okay. So Bernard walks forward. He holds on to the hilt of his great axe and slides it out with a heavy swing because it's quite hefty and then grabs it with both hands. He holds it and he looks down at the this giant axe head while this creature is just ferociously biting towards Barbara and Smarpy. And he starts whispering on to his axe blade. And it's like infernal for, let us cleanse this beast from this forgotten moon. And it doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was really building on something? I just attacked the This is what happens when I DM as a player. Yeah, right? Like, I just add all this flavor. I don't think I have. Um, 13. Defender wins. Uh, uh, the displacer beast does get hit by your axe, but it's not by the sharp edge. It's just like the blunt end just kind of turns in your hand and you didn't aim it correctly. And so he just kind of grazes the side of him. Um, and he looks back at you and kind of like, like one of the heads just kind of looks at you while the other one's not and just kind of makes a cheesy cat grin. And these flames start to lick out the sides of my mouth as I get increasingly angry. I've already dealt with Frank today <laughs> twice. And now I have to deal with this cat. <laughs> And Dave. <laughs> uh, we're going to go back to the top of the order, which is going to be back to you, Smarpy. So after what just occurred, and my last hit, I'm going to just kind of toss over the uh, war pick into my other hand. Again, do kind of like the claw thing and bring down another bolt of lightning. All right. So he de- does a deck save again. It's going to be a 17 this time for his Makes deck it. save. So one. One damage. Reach out with my right hand and my shield, bring down the lightning. Right after that, I just do come across my chest with my left hand and try to hit. All right. Give me the attack. 14. 14 is actually a hit. So give me the attack for the damage. Uh, five. Five damage. All right. Tell, describe that attack for us. Uh, it's a very simple kind of attack. It's that left hand just coming across the body. I'm not sure what is right in front of me right now, but it's just, I'm in a frenzy and I really don't care what I hit. I'm just hitting it as hard as I can. We'll say the war pick like pierces its like left shoulder or something. Yeah. Um, And then after Smarpy, we're going to be onto Barbara. Where's this? The displacer beast is standing right in front of you. You're standing right next to Smarpy and Smarpy is between you and Bernard. And then y'all are kind of circling in a semicircle kind of motion around this displacer beast that has two heads and a bunch of tentacles. Okay, question. I've never used, (laughs) I don't use melee weapons. Okay. As far as daggers go, do I have to retrieve those? Like, Uh, yeah, they're currently pierced in the displacer beast. Okay. Um, So you'd have to retrieve them if you wanted to use them again. Okay. Do I get to use sneak attack or do I need to try to be stealthy? Um, you could rotate around the creature to flank and get advantage. Okay. I'm going to flank the displacer beast to attempt to retrieve my daggers. You know, let's give me an acrobatics check. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Damn. That is an 18 plus six. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, yeah, with the 24, I'll say you grab onto your daggers that are piercing inside the displacer beast and yank them out with a cartwheel, getting to the flanking side of the displacer beast. And do I give you a full action? Like, is that movement? I mean, did I? I, did, I do get movement. a bonus action, right? I would say that's movement. She would, did it. Well, the she movement, a free, technically, grabbing an item is a free action. And if you think about it, 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 Barbara put herself in a precarious position. If Barbara failed that, a terrible thing would have happened. I'm sure it would have. Um, yeah, it's I'm going to say you sacrifice your movement there and you do have your attacks still. Okay, so I'm doing this cartwheel, and as I finish this cartwheel, I will somersault over yeah. the displacement beast and uh, da- uh, dig both of my daggers into its back. All right. Give me the attacks. That is an 18 plus six. You get, and you get advantage because you're flanking. Didn't get the crit though. But that first one does hit. So give me the second attack. That is a crit. again. But you get advantage. <laughs> Oh, thank okay. God. Okay. That is a 14 plus eight. All right. So 22 um, is a hit six. as well. Sorry. Um, so you both attacks hit. So give me the damage for both. So that is seven plus four. So 11 damage. 11 damage. All right. So the displacer beast takes the slashes from the dagger. And after Barbara, we're on to the displacer beast. And honestly, Barbara, you have been currently the most effective against the Displacer Beast, and you did just attract it with all these floor, like beautiful movements with your acrobatics. And so it turns to you and tries to attack. Uh, what is your AC? Um, my AC is 15. However, I do have Skirmisher. Can I dash as an action? Uh, you can use Skirmisher as a reaction, yes. And so the Displacer Beast instead turns to one of the others. Um, I guess we'll do Lucas High and... Okay, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Jeremy. Oh, fe- feeling spicy. It's a three, so Lowe's going to go to Jeremy. Yes! Um, remember, you have resistance against pretty much everything. everything and I'm also small, and he is large. Um, do I don't have, know what that does are in 5th edition. Are I don't you think causing, it does any. Are you causing disadvantage in any way? I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yes! yes. What so do you do? Point. So when he, like, turns his heads at me, I, like, go nuts. I'm like... I'm just going to, like, reach out. I'm going to, like, go underneath his abdomen and grab his nipples and twist. (laughs) I am going to give him the biggest titty twister he's ever had. Does it have electricity because you're a storm herald? And it doesn't do do damage. It also tickles. (laughs) All right, so... Um, just so you know, you're dis- you are causing uh, disadvantage here with the plot point um, because I did roll a critical on the attack. So oh, you're okay. doing great. However, there is a consequence oh, yeah. still that we still have to take into effect. And we need you, Deidre, to tell us what the consequence of Smarpy giving this displacer beast a purple nurple. Okay. The consequence is that... In your excitement of running to give this displacer beast a purple nurple, you realize that this displacer beast is now in the bog. 
and you are so short that your hands giving off this electrical this electrical current is just barely touching the water and so in the excitement <laughs> you are electrocuting Jeez. yourself and just dealing the exact same nice. amount of pain <laughs> laughter and nipple pain My, <laughs> so nipple it, contortion yeah so we are we are singing and shouting in harmony yes might I uh, also add something to that? I am standing uh, in the same vicinity in uh, <laughs> well, in this box, so it seems that I am Where's also Dave? being Where's electrocuted Dave in, situation in my electric armor, uh, in my metal armor. I am being electrocuted. So you did dispose disadvantage with this process. The consequences that you are also shocking yourself. So the dam. <laughs> Um, so I did roll a critical. I'm going to continue to roll his attack because as you run past him, he does try to attack yep, you. Yep, that's fine. The second roll is a three. So I'm going to assume his attack bonus of plus six does not add enough to get your AC. So he does miss. However, he does have multi-attack. So the ten another tentacle comes towards you, Bernard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that attack, it is a 21. That hits. The 21 does hit. So the tentacle hits for... 1d6 plus 4. That is so fucking weak. Um, 8 damage. So this tentacle comes in. Oh! 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 It's 1d6 plus 4 bludgeoning plus 1d6 piercing. That's better. Uh, okay, then. That makes more sense. So 12 damage total. Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> Sparpy, <laughs> you bitch! And so we're going to keep you in that position where you are, Smarpy, for the start of your turn. Mm -hmm. And whenever you do the electrical pulse, it will be an automatic success. He does not have a deck save, but the damage you do do does to you as well. <laughs> do do does to you. After the beast, we have you, Bernard. Currently in your in what you are seeing is Smarpy is underneath this large monstrosity displacer beast, and um, Barbara has run. Shit. <clears throat> Smop, you bitch. That hurts so much. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna pull a muscle. Dear boy. Alright then. I'm going to attack this beastie. Let's see. Uh so Smarpy is oh well, Smarpy is under it, right? Correct. So theoretically, we're flanking it. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um, nah. There aren't really flanking if you, rules. So if oh I, no, if the gra uh, he used a plot point. He's grappling the displacer so, beast, okay. which, the which, which gives you advantage. Okay. I'll give you that. He's not flanking. He's just grappling for you to hit. So uh, Barn uh, Bernard composes himself. Like he, he shakes himself up, and uh, he grabs hold of his great axe once again, both hands gripping this blade, this yellow sickly light glowing around him and he still doesn't use a spell <laughs> <laughs> because it takes an entire action <laughs> and he brings his blade down shouting which is infernal for you stupid shit, just die. <laughs> There's a lot of swears in Infernal. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> Let's roll with advantage. 
uh, dear travelers. Ooh. 22. 22 is a hit. 12 damage. 12? Wait. Wait. Hold your horses, David Cole. I'm going to smite that shit. Okay. <laughs> um, how does smite work? I don't have a paladin in board, so... Uh... So, uh, when an attack hits, I can expend a spell slot to make my attack a smite. So the yellow energy glowing around him actually does something this time. It lights up this axe as his hands are sailing uh, sailing down. This strange visceral language escaping his lips. This flames licking about because he's infuriated. And this axe slams into this creature. And this energy one would not call holy, perhaps unholy. Deals a slight bit more damage. But thank goodness our beautiful party members are distracted. I deal you 18 damage. 18 damage. Uh, go ahead and describe your smite for us. You have disabled the displacer beast in some it's way. It's not dead. It's just it's not dis- It's not dead. It's disabled in some way. Bring this axe down to this energy bursting out. I slice through one of the four tentacles flailing around and it hits right into its spine, not severing it, but slamming into it and bringing the creature down, slamming Smarpy beneath the mud <laughs> and causing this electrical ripple, which slightly electrocutes Barnard, annoys him even more when he drags the axe down even <laughs> further, ripping it out of the creature. You, good sir, are done for the day. It is closing time for the displacer beast, and I put my axe away. So, Smarpy, uh, it is your turn. I believe he sort of described the electrical pulse that's going to start at the beginning of your turn. So go ahead and give us the damage that's going to be dealt to you, the Displacer Beast, and Bernard. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I, but we I, all get to roll our own decks. The Beast does not. I'm giving you an automatic success. Okay. 12. But can I roll yes, it as you well? Can... Because in my mind, I'm like, I realize the position that I'm in, <laughs> so I'm going to try to get out of this situation. Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get out of here right now. Because then I can maybe go a few feet away and just bring it into the water. Yeah. Well, before the lightning bolt hits. Yes. Let's give me that shock. Right. Still. The, the decks. My, yeah. Right. Well, damage will be eternal. My, my personal save is not enough, so I take the full two. I got a 12. I don't think that makes it right. No. Uh, the DC. 13, I think. 13. 13. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was one off. Yep. All right. So, uh, uh, Smarpy, as you bring down this lightning bolt you roll under from underneath the displacer beast but you don't get out in time shocking yourself but the fury gives you enough energy to push and try to get this attack in so how would you like to attack the displacer beast on your turn so yes as i bring down that lightning one more time as i roll up so i, I roll when i come up to one knee and i have my shield above me a little bit but i bring my uh my left hand up and over just slam right into its paw all right give me the attack Eight. Uh, yeah, the eight is not enough to hit. So you kind of stumble on your step trying to get the axe to hit, or the war pick to hit, but you uh, just miss, and the war pick just kind of goes d- deep into the ground. And we're back to you, Barbara, for the possible ending to this fight. So this thing is just disengaged. What does that it's, mean? No, it's disabled, like Dis- handicapped. He broke his spine. He can't move. Oh, so you. That's, di- that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> 
I tried, okay? I really tried. So this is a mercy killing. <laughs> yeah, I think we're probably at the moment. No, this is, is no, this kill. is a spike fill. Barbara, just please end this creature. I, I don't want Smarpy to hurt me anymore. Oh, you like it. I really you like it. If I was blue, perhaps, but I am red, and that is not a good thing. Okay, with all of this electrical current going on through the bog, <laughs> I am going to um, take a shot from afar with my short bow. And you do have an advantage because the creature is disabled. Well, and that is a sneak attack, yeah? Correct. Ooh, that is a critical. That is good as an advantage. Oh my! <laughs> One oh my and then two. Okay. Wow. Well, oh wow. Um, yeah. So y'all were doing better when the beast was active. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I'm sorry I did this to us. I used unholy energy and I fucked the whole thing up. Okay, I am completely distracted by everything. Yeah, the arrow just kind of flies over everyone's head and goes deep like, into the forest. Just give him up. <laughs> Barbara, Barbara, I don't mean to criticize your shot, but. You almost hit me in the face. So it appears <laughs> the beast will have another chance to attack with multi-attack with his tentacles. Oh, no. At least um, I took out one. <laughs> so you hit him in the spine, uh, lower, like in his mid-back, but his tentacles are actually attached to his neck. So they're still moving. Uh, so the tentacles swipe around trying to attack both you, Smarpy, and Bernard. Oh, good heavens. Smarpy, I'm going to have a 15 on that attack. Does that beat your AC? It is not, Dave. All right. And then the second attack will be a 19 on you, Bernard. Oh, what do you know? You <laughs> hit me. <laughs> uh, so the damage will be bludgeoning and piercing both 10 damage. Oh, by the shining. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Why? Why didn't you just kill it, Barbara? I heard so much. So even though you've already sheathed your war axe in a fancy way, it is now your turn, Bernard. I'm so upset. <laughs> like, if you could feel upset, if you could take yourself to a moment of a birthday party where no one was shown, where you were standing there on the cliff face of I your usually drink allow three words. <laughs> no, I... This is happening. Okay. Like, um... <laughs> or as you stand on the cliff face, your draconian compound, realizing that no one remembered your birth date, you would Smarty, realize it's your turn. this pain. <laughs> I, like, ah, I will gladly sacrifice my turn for that. Wait, I have a bonus action. <laughs> I use lay on hands on myself. <laughs> While I'm saying this, my hands are on my abdomen and <laughs> my chest, and I heal myself for 15. <laughs> yeah, Smarpy's gonna like <laughs> look at Bernard, look at Barbara, look at Bernard. Just kill the thing, thing already. No, you're, this is the middle of your speech. Oh, okay. Look at Barbara, roll his eyes, and then just punch the uh, displacer beast as he, like, to. Well, I should say, uses his shield to kind of like shoulder him. Okay. Um, unleashing the lightning. I was going to say, please don't honor uh, and attack this creature. Um, he's still handicapped, so I'm not going to do a deck save. Okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> and then, so I'm going to like shoulder it, and I'm going to like almost like twirl with the war pick, and I'm just going to like kind of like swing almost like a baseball bat. He is prone, try because he's, uh, his spine is broken, so you have advantage on the attack. 
watch as we miss horribly. Uh, 14. 14 is a hit. So you can give me the damage. 10. 10? That's the exact number I needed. to show everybody so you can see. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let me tell you, you've almost killed Bernard this fight. Um, so how do you kill the Displacer Beast, Smarty? Oh, I... I so, this, this, this is what I do. So like I said, I like shoulder it as I hit it with my shield and shoulder. That's when I kind of like bring down the lightning and I spin and turn. I just like nail it, pick right into it. When I kind of feel it's like life kind of go a limp a little bit, I just continue to almost like shred through its uh, hide with that pick. You All just right. kind of like hear that tearing of tissue and then I just climb on top of it and I just start smashing into it. Like I'm freaking mining for freaking ore. <laughs> like right on top, like right between its two heads and his shoulder and I'm just going fucking nuts. Um, some black blood gets sprayed on you, Bernard, from all this. I I just aggravatedly... I am, I, I, I'm I, screaming like... Ah! Ah! I aggravatedly <laughs> wipe this... <laughs> oh no, we killed Jeremy. <laughs> I uh, aggravatedly wipe this off my face and I say, where was that energy two minutes ago? I look to see if Dave is still within the vicinity. He is. He's on his back about 20 feet away, and he's looking back at you now that you've defeated the Displacer Beast, and he says, Oh, man, you did it! Dave, you did not have faith in us. I, I didn't have faith in, in me getting involved in this. I was trying to get away. I ain't got a foot. Because of your actions, we were harmed. Hey. And I'm slowly walking towards him. Hey, th- this isn't Dave's fault. Uh, come on. I I look at Barbara. I go. I, my face like completely changes to like a happy appearance. Of course, you're right. Yes, this was not Dave's fault. Dave, sorry about that. Let's get moving. Up and Adam, Dave. We're not in the bog. So he climbs, he steps up, and he looks at you and says, Okay, yeah, I can think I can walk at this point. Good. And so the four of you continue walking forward. Let's They're going to have to, like, wave, like... I let Smarpy do be like, like okay, okay, we, okay, Smarpy. It's, you're, yeah, like, we walk here. by Smarpy a little bit, and then we go, Come, Smarpy. Like, as he's, like, smashing into it. You continue on for a couple hours. And then it finally comes into vision. You're on the other end of the sigil moon. And there is a small, ancient-looking archway, probably about 10 feet tall. And as you come into vision of it, it senses you. And it activates. And a a white, clearish kind of haze emerges in between the archway. Is that Asus? Does this look like Asus? It's just a portal. Um... I, I don't know that it looks like a portal. Does it look like the portal that I came through? No, it's a different color, but of course the chaos portal was changing between a series of different patterns and colors. It could have shown this color at some point and you didn't know it. Um, so you're not sure. This appears to be a portal. I've, I haven't seen one like this before though. I'm going to like walk forward a little bit and pick up a rock. Okay. Like, throw it at it. Okay, so you throw a rock at the portal, and it goes right through and disappears, doesn't go out the other side or anything. 
All right, you know the drill. Let's hold hands and walk through. Dave, come on. Uh, so he walks forward, and um, we, all, we all hold hands. You're going to hold hands and walk through. Oh. Does everyone, everyone agree to that? What's the Stranger Things song? Make believe I am everywhere. And we walk through the portal. <laughs> So who's first? Uh, yeah, I dedicated my life to keeping these people safe, so I will hold their hands and I'll walk through. All right, so you walk into the portal first, Bernard. Give me a strength save to hold on to them. Do I get advantage because of love and friendship? No. Shit. <laughs> Hey, hey, you got it though. 21. All right. So you you're hold, coming with me. <laughs> so you hold on to them and you you all get yanked into this portal as it sucks Bernard in. Where's Dave? <laughs> Dave is with you. He's holding He's hands. Holding okay. hands. Of course, we, we took the barkeep the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> and Astra, or I'm sorry, not Astra. Barbara, <laughs> Barbara, you are feeling the same sense that you felt before. That same description that I gave you whenever the chaos portal pulled you through. That muscle tearing, the eye sockets being like having heavy pressure. And then you see grass. All of you. You hit the ground. <laughs> oh, I hate this. At least Frank's not here. And you look up, and there's Frank. And it's the Sigil Moon Inn. <laughs> Frank, could you ever fly? Frank! My brother! Shit. We'll say the bottle cap is the token. If you want to give me a bottle cap whenever you're ready. <clears throat> do we do we each have one? How does this work? Yeah, you each have one plot point. But if Forever. You drink another beer, you get two. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle, hand me another Killians. The Killians. Yeah. House rules. Yeah. That's, it's been solidified. That's real drunks and dragons. You. Whatever you, you control the story by this how many is, bottle caps you have. Oh my god. That would be amazing. This is a four orbs rule and get ready for some crazy plot points. I don't always drink. Do you here, pass it here? When I do. I think that's a hand. I play Doom. It's for plot points. <laughs> nope. That's gonna rip my skin off. Wait, you have crazy hands, so that might work. Can't get out of this voice. <laughs> I'm stuck. Yeah, my dental on the throat. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, all right. You all right? Yeah, this is weird. You guys are doing a voice for once. But I know this is a voice that can do, so why not? It is easy to get stuck inside this thing. Mm, you're once, right. once you're in these pants, these pants don't come off till you travel in that sisterhood. I mean, this is how I feel most of the time anyway. So <laughs> this is uh, pretty easy. That's a rough word. It's almost as weird as mouthfeel. Remember that? Oh, it's not a fun what? word. Apparently, it's a noun. I don't think so. I what think is it? It's more like an adjective. Mouthfill? 
It's like a describing word, isn't what, it? Mouthful? Yeah. Mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. Like how something feels in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of that term. Well, like when wine tasting or coffee tasting. I work oh, at Starbucks, so I know gotcha. about mouthfeel. I've heard Some of coffees hug. hit you differently in the front of the tongue or the back of the tongue. A whole new world. <laughs> A new fantastic <laughs> point of view. What's that? Anywhere, time to spare. Let me share this whole new world with you.